Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever heard the term maximalist? It's usually used with Bitcoin. However, it can really be used with anything. But just in case you don't know what it is, a Bitcoin maximalist is someone that believes that Bitcoin is the only digital asset that is needed in the future. Maximalists believe that all other digital currencies and assets are inferior to the one that they prefer. Today, we will discuss NFT maximalists and why it is not wise to really box yourself into one corner. And it is just a great idea to explore all areas of the market. Many times when I'm in Twitter spaces, listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos, a lot of those influencers and people that are most vocal tend to be Ethereum maximalists. And as far as the NFTs that they collect, they hold on the highest pedestal, it seems to be those. And for obvious reason, that is really where the money is as far as the biggest dollars for purchases and what have you. And I've expressed that many times. However, you could definitely see now that Solana is coming to open seas, there's a lot of hostilities and I'm seeing a lot of comments that are actually really derogatory towards Solana as if it is like an offense that OpenSea would let Solana onto the marketplace. And I think it's very laughable. And it makes me really wonder if someone is really secure with their position in Ethereum or whatever it might be, why is it such a threat that Solana or any other blockchain will be offered on OpenSeas? I just really don't understand that. However, we're going to look at different areas and why, for some reason, that a lot of Ethereum maximalists, as far as NFT holders, disregard Solana, Wax, and even Tezos, where there are thriving communities on all of these chains. However, it just really seems like there's a lot of hostility when they're looking at these various chains. And sometimes even in spaces, I will hear different uh, comments. For example, someone who is collecting these one of one arts or consider themselves to be collecting fine arts. And some of them even came from the traditional art world of physical paintings, auctions at Christie's and so forth. But now that they're into digital art with NFTs, they really look at one of one pieces as being really the gold standard of an artist telling a story and just bringing everything to life. And those people tend to more often than not frown upon these PFP generative projects. And likewise, some of these diehard PFP people that are in these projects and usually the flippers, people who are moving up and down, they have a lot of negative things to say about these one-of-one arts. Now, that I just do not understand because it is literally two very different worlds and two different goals as to why anyone would purchase either of these. Yeah, someone that is in love with a particular art piece or an artist that really wants to discover them and ride the wave, hoping that they become very prominent on the blockchain. And in the future, let's say five, 10 years from now, that they are one of the marquee names in the industry. That is a very different goal than someone who is buying into a PFP project, hoping that it sells out and they can make their 10, 15% or whatever it might be within a couple of days. So comparing those, it really is just such a different different goal that I don't even understand why someone would absolutely box themselves into one way or the other because they're completely different mindsets, completely different outcomes, and what is being evaluated can't be compared. So I don't even understand why that constantly comes up into discussion as if you have to choose one or the other. Why not both? If you really like an art piece and you really like a particular PFP project, why can't you be in both? I just don't understand why there is that debate or that discourse as far as uh, which one you have to choose as if 
if one is better than the other. Because in real life, people don't make choices such as should they go to college or should they read books? No, like they're two very different things. It's like, okay, yeah, go to college, get a degree, or you can get education from another way on your own private time. That trade-off is just not even made. Or using it a little bit more practical, it's like, am I going to go on a skiing trip or a swimming trip this year? Why not both? If you have the money, you have the funds, why choose? They're completely different experiences. So it's not like there is a trade-off to say, for example, if you're choosing which mountain are we going to go ski on or which beach are we going to attend? Those are more conversations that you can have. But to say choose between two polar opposite things or very different things, I just don't understand that if you have the resources, the time, the energy, and whatever it is to actually partake in both, why not? And just like with the blockchains, honestly, it is not one size fits all. It all depends on a person's goal. And for example, Bitcoin is by far the most valuable cryptocurrency. It is the most prominent, is the brand name. And yes, maximalists absolutely love it and say that is the only way and that's what they're stuck with and nothing else really matters. However, it is absolutely horrible for micropayments. So for example, if someone wants to buy a burger, it does not make sense to do that with Bitcoin. Now, they have all sorts of uh, solutions such as the Lightning Network, what have you, to basically create a side chain on the uh, Bitcoin network because let me explain before I go into all of that. The transaction fees like Ethereum is fairly expensive on Bitcoin. Now that it is very prominent, a lot of people on the network, it does not scale very well. Unlike, say, a debit card using Visa or MasterCard, where they have these huge networks and they can process literally tens of thousands of transactions per second, that does not happen on these blockchains where there's literally a handful of transactions that can go through per second. So because of this, it really doesn't make sense to send small amounts. So Bitcoin, absolutely great for a store of value as far as parking your money for retirement or whatever it might be, but it is absolutely horrible for going out and buying dinner with. And although I heard it is possible, I have not heard anyone trying to put NFTs on the Bitcoin network. I heard you can figure out a way to do it and what have you. It is very uh, a simple and rudimentary way of doing it. However, it is just not built for that. And that's really where Ethereum came along with the smart contract and it's a completely different thing. So it's to someone who is getting ready to launch this massive NFT project to say, Bitcoin, I'm a maxillist. This is the only thing that matters. That does not make any sense whatsoever. And it's very easy to see when you're talking about these various blockchains. However, things get really sketchy and uh, get into the gray area when uh, people start to talk about their projects and what have you. But even sticking with the blockchain, Ethereum is absolutely horrible for gaming and anything that requires a lot of transactions because of the same thing. The fees are very high. So it's laughable when Ethereum maximalists are knocking Wax and Solana that have a gaming ecosystem and community. And this does not make sense because try to play a game where you're going to do multiple transactions per minute or whatever it might be on Ethereum. You'd have to be a billionaire to enjoy that game because it's going to get expensive very quickly. And you're going to minimize your actual audience and player base to the point where the game might not even be fun, usable, especially if you have to interact with other players. So, That's where something like Wax comes in. But now if you're trying to attract billionaires into your ecosystem to get into your network or whatever it might be and buy into a a multi-million dollar NFT, Wax is probably not the best choice for something like that. It does have its purpose. And everyone knows if you've been listening to the show that I absolutely love Wax. So I'm not even going to take the time to defend Wax or anything like that. Just listen to the other episodes. 
But now we get into the PFP projects versus the one of ones and all these different things. It's okay, great. I don't even understand why we're having this conversation, but it keeps coming up every single day that I listen to spaces and different things. And there's always that debate that comes out. I think the draw, the positive of a PFP project really is self-expression because when you pick out a piece, especially if you're not the one who's minting it and you're actually buying it on the secondary market, you can really pick out the one that really speaks to who you are. You put that up as your profile picture on Twitter and all of these different things, it really communicates to the whole world what you're about. And you can also attract your tribe and be able to connect with various people. It is a great networking club. It is just pretty amazing as far as being into one of these communities. Discord, especially if it is thriving, the tweets, we're following each other, we're doing all sorts of things in these communities that is just very cool in the sense that you're finding people that value the same things, you're attracted to the same things, you have the same goals, and you can help each other to accomplish them. Now, with these one-of-one pieces, you're going to get, just like a physical art, something offline, you're going to get the story, whatever the artist is trying to convey, what they're going through at that point in time in their life, whatever world events, it could all be put into this artwork and it tells a story. So one-of-one piece is really telling a story and it is all about all of those things that I mentioned that goes into that. So when you're looking at this art, the utility there is just understanding that story, being able to share it with others, whether you're showing it or you're actually expressing it, whatever it might be, that is the full utility. And it does not necessarily need a Discord. It does not need a roadmap and all these different things because that is what it is all about right there. Just as if you go to a craft market, you're not, you're never going to ask a local artist or a painter or a street artist to say, what is the roadmap and a plan for this art? It's like, no, you're buying it because you absolutely love it and you enjoyed uh, that person's company while they were painting it or drawing it, whatever it might be. And that is the utility in itself. 10 years from now, you can tell your children or whoever it is that when you're on vacation in New York City, you saw this person doing this by Central Park and whatever it might be. That is the utility. Then you have the things like the packs or the editions where, you know, the... NFT might have multiple versions of that, multiple copies of that particular one. Now, each one of them is numbered and unique. But what I mean is you might have one particular artwork, but then they're released with, say, 10 or more of those particular ones. Of course, the number one is going to be worth the most because that is the first one of the printing press, if you will. I've expressed that many times. But what I think the great draw for these is it gives you a great nostalgic feeling of collecting trading cards back in the day. And there's like a digital treasure hunt, trying to find the rarest ones, collecting the set and all those different things. It is really fun. And people who are accustomed to collecting, whether it be Pokemon cards, sports cards or stamps or anything for that matter, even paintings, they want the full set for a particular artist can really understand this type of collection and they don't really compare to the PFPs or the one of ones and all these different things. Really, it is a specific type and there's nothing wrong with dabbling in that either. And some of these are just not even about the art itself whatsoever An access pass. Quite a few I can think of like the founder of Impact Theory, for example, that those NFTs really give you access to his world. And if you look at them, it is, it's not like this is like a very unique looking uh, piece of art or something that you'd put up as your profile picture or anything for that matter. It is giving you access to that world. And it's literally like a concert ticket or anything for that matter. It's giving you access to whatever event or experience that you want. 
Or I'll even go a step further and say it could be something that is related to a course. Because if you're getting information or material to learn something, which I can think of, for example, my crypto tech women and a couple other projects that I'm looking at right now, the utility for that is they're going to teach you different things. Now, unlike traditional courses of the past, because over the last 10 years, I can't even tell you how many courses or how much money I have spent on various online courses to learn various things, whether it is like uh, digital arts, Photoshop, editing something, coding, marketing, you name it. I have bought so many different courses online that I can't even uh, tell you how many things it is right now. However, once I consume that content, I can't resell it. I have the knowledge. There's nothing I can do about it. And the creator, the teacher, that person is going off doing other webinars and seminars and doing all sorts of things, selling more to other people. But in this Web3 thing, I can get this information and then turn around and sell that access to somebody else even if it's not at a profit, but I can recoup what I want. If I'm done with that particular information, I'm done with that community. I don't really get that value from it anymore. I can move on to it. So access passes really has nothing to do whatsoever about the look. It could be anything scribbled on the line. It could be the person's signature. It does not matter because at the end of the day, people aren't really buying those for looking at it and showing those off. They're buying it for the information that's behind that paywall. And that is how you get to it. Even if you look at, say, a Super Bowl ticket or a World Cup Olympic ticket or something that is just a major event that a lot of people want to go to, the Final Four is getting ready to come up. I don't think anyone really cares what those ticket stubs look like. They're still going to go to the game. If you take out a piece of paper and scribble something with a left hand and a crayon and they put that out there and say, this is the official ticket, people are still going to go. Why? Because they want to experience that event. And that is what these access passes are like. And then on the other hand, the last one I'm going to really dive into and cover is a gaming NFTs because a lot of people would say, I don't even understand why this whole gaming thing is in the NFT Web3 space. It's, well, anyone that says that just doesn't really understand the gaming world in itself. And I will 100% admit I'm not the biggest gamer in the world. However, I do understand the value of ownership, digital ownership, because when you normally play any kind of game, or use any software for that matter, even if you look at your Gmail, any of those uh, platforms, there's always a terms of service. And it's just granting you the right to use whatever it is for a period of time. So with these NFTs and the Web3 Gaming does, it actually gives the players the ownership of that particular asset, not just giving them the permission to use it, but giving them the full rights to that actual property itself. So it is very unique and you can't be uh, deplatformed or banned per se because you actually own the rights for it. I could do a full episode on that going into all the various details. I can tell you about platforms where I have been banned from. I, I don't know what happened. For example, I could tell you one, once all of this Web3 came out and I got into NFTs, it reminded me of a game called RuneScape. And RuneScape is a digital world that just reminded me a lot of this a metaverse talk. So when I tried to go back, log into my account to see if it was still up and running, it said that I was recently banned for spamming, which is funny because I have not been on that or logged in for years and years. So obviously someone either got into my account or maybe since uh, the platform is pretty much dying down now at this point, they closed my account. I don't know exactly what happened, but I can just tell you that digital ownership and having the rights to something and having the ability to access that at your own will because it is yours is very important for gamers. 
So I said all of that to say this, to be a maximalist in any one of these corners really excludes all of these other use cases and potentials because to get boxed into either one blockchain or one particular type of NFT, I don't think it's really doing yourself a service and I wouldn't recommend it. I definitely try to explore everything, dabble, see what's going on over here. And it's pretty funny because a lot of the things that are being done in one corner of Web3 can actually benefit another corner, but because a lot of people don't necessarily cross over to all the different areas to see what's going on. How can we build community with these one-of-one art or how can we gamify a PFP project? All of these different things don't necessarily come together, but when you're hopping around, you're dabbling, you're seeing what's going on, you get a much better and bigger picture of everything. And I think as a whole, the community would be in a much better place if we stop trying to argue about what is better and what is more superior and just allowing everybody to do their thing and learning from each other, collaborating. And I think that'd be a beautiful thing because after all, this whole thing is what wag me. And all of that says we're all going to make it. So why does it matter if one person's going to make it using Solana or one person's going to make it with ETH or one of one paintings or anything of that matter? As long as we get there, we all make it. That's all that should matter, right? But with that said, I think I'll just land the plane here and I definitely would just recommend that you try out different things that you've never been into and as usual, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we learn and build Web3 together. If you're finding value from this information, I would greatly appreciate it if you left a review on whatever platform that you are listening to, whether it's Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anything of that matter. It would go a long way because when people are browsing around looking for a new show, seeing some reviews does encourage them to click play. But with that said, I look forward to the next one. So until then, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.